Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. This is Your Financial Mission. Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus, who's the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, your financial commander in Columbia, Howard County. Check us out online by going to theuswealthadvisors.com. That's theuswealthadvisors.com. You can listen to past podcasts there and uh, also find out more information about Janine and the team. And the number to call, as always, is 443 718 6310. It's time to give you the straight skinny on your financial plan. And we talked in our most recent podcast about some of the rookie mistakes that people make. And one of those mistakes was emotional decision making. And it led us to think of today's podcast, how emotions and retirement planning are intertwined and how our different emotions play a role in our retirement planning. So I'm going to ask you for some good stories today, Janine, to illustrate for us how you've seen these different emotions either help uh, improve a financial plan, lead to good decisions, or maybe how it's kind of wreaked havoc on a financial plan, maybe how it's caused troubles and how you had to overcome these different things. So the easiest one, I think, to start off with would be greed. Uh, any anybody that you've seen just have a lot of greed and it, it caused some issues in their retirement plan? I think everyone has a little bit of this. Yeah, we don't, we don't have because, to name names on that one, right? And we're all guilty yeah. of it. <laughs> and because if you think about it, let's just take um, Apple stock because that's the largest company. And you know, if I if I had bought at twenty dollars a share, and I you know it, whatever it's selling for today, I didn't even look. It's probably over what four hundred dollars a share. The greed is I I want more. I want more. So I'm going to hang on to this stock. And in some cases, that greed can be your upending, if you will, because if the stock falls, the stock price falls. And I actually heard an advisor bemoaning the fact that, you know, the stock fell 25%. What am I going to tell the client? I go, well, why are you picking stocks like this? Because you're inevitably going to be in that situation because the stock prices go up and down. But the greed comes in that I'm going to follow this stock all the way up and never have a strategy Mm -hmm. to sell. So now when the stock price starts to fall and sometimes falls precipitously, I don't have a plan because I'm just going to follow it all the way back down to the bottom because I was too greedy waiting for the next price increase. We all do that. You know, you, and, ha- you have to be so right th- twice. You have to be right at the bottom and at the top when, when to buy that, and when to sell. So it makes it ex- implicitly more, more difficult. Exactly right. Yeah. And in every case, in I would say in almost every single case where greed is involved, and you have to be honest with yourself and admit this, you'll you'll end up getting hammered. Somebody ends up getting hurt because of the greed, because I didn't go in with a specific strategy. 
If there's an emotion that can compete with greed for one that sort of rules our lives and how dare we let it is fear. Where do you see fear often rear its head when it comes to retirement planning? Fear is, I think, a crippling emotion for a lot of folks that uh, still are feeling the pain of 2008 the their hindsight bias leads them to believe that it's going to happen again it's going to happen again uh, despite the fact that since the market turned in march of 09 we've had well above a 200 percent increase in market returns so i like to tell folks that fear is false events appearing real don't mm. <laughs> Project upon an inanimate object your perception of reality when reality is what it is. The, the stock market always moves, so now I need a strategy to go forward. And, and succumbing to the fear keeps you paralyzed. And then you lose the opportunity to grow. I like that and a lot. I, fear. What was fear again? What did if, if, it's, it's false events, false events appearing real. Appearing real. I hadn't heard that before. That's good. So... And well, I actually had a client or a client. I had a fellow come in from one of my classes who had gone to cash and he was just bound and determined to listen to one of the talking heads who said that the S&P 5 is only going to return about 1% for the next decade. I said, whose crystal ball are you listening to? Who wow. has this crystal ball? What a prognostication. I yes. Mean. And I mean, yes, it's true that 2000 to 2009, the S&P 5 had, it was the worst decade ever, but things life is not static things are not going to be you know, horrific forever so you can't let allow this emotion to rule your decision making especially for something so critical as what's going to happen with retirement well and we've seen this a lot lately janine too i mean this is a, i mean fear is always going to be kind of a current events thing because a lot of that's what drives media fear sells uh, in, in a lot of cases, but we saw it with Brexit. People thought that, you know, that was going to be a crash-causing event, and it was, what, down a day, the market, and then bounced right back? Same, exactly. Same thing with Trump's election, and we could probably continue to point out many other issues and things. When, when different other countries have maybe had a financial issue or a terrorist attack, people all of a sudden think that's going to be the, you know, the start of the crash, the start of the downfall, and it maybe lasts a day and then comes right back. That's right. And so the financial media machine knows that and they know how to manipulate our emotions. So it's really critical that you have a strategy and that you stay disciplined to the strategy and you revisit the strategy because you need to win your game and stop playing their game. Fear and greed usually have negative connections. I suppose another emotion in retirement planning, surprise, I guess that one could go both ways. You could have good surprises and bad surprises in uh, in your finances and in retirement planning. Where do you see surprise occur the most? Well, we talk a lot about asset allocation or portfolio allocation, and all of the research points to the fact that 92% of a portfolio's performance is going to be based on how it is allocated. Most folks were very surprised in 2008 because they were overweighted to one side of the market and did not know it. They didn't have any way to assess that. And so that was a huge surprise. And it's, it's rather gut-wrenching because no one planned to lose 40 or 50% of their portfolios. But that is a surprise you cannot afford as you get closer to or in retirement because there are no do-overs. You don't have as much time. 
That's a good point. Uh, Janine, hope is a good thing. I think we could all agree with that. But what about hope and retirement planning? Is there a place for it? Uh, Well, hope is not a plan. So (laughs) the only way to make sure that you are, what you're hoping for happens is to actually sit down, crunch the numbers and plan and revisit the plan. I like to joke, and we always joked uh, about this in the military, a plan is something from which to deviate. And that's because life happens. And so <laughs> that's hope, good. Springs, yeah. you know, hope springs eternal. I, I, you got to have hope. But in order to make the hope actually happen, as you hope it will, you've got to crunch the numbers. Allow for hope in other parts of your life, but leave it for the most part out of your financial planning is the moral (laughs) of the story, it sounds like. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Pride, I imagine with your military background, you've seen a lot of prideful folks. That's not to say, I'm not saying anything negative about the military, but when you're dealing with a a, a lot of folks in the military, I mean, you have people who have worked hard to get to that point in life and and you have to, I guess, maybe I'm wrong here, Janine. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm speaking kind of out of turn, potentially. But I'd imagine you've, you've seen a lot of prideful folks in your military career, and so you're exposed to it, you're used to it, and I'm sure you see pride. We all, it's this like greed. We all have certain elements of pride and a certain level of it. Does pride sometimes ruin a retirement plan? It can, and uh, pride in itself is not a bad thing. Where it steers folks wrong is that they cannot – it's very hard to see the picture when you're in the picture. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So when you have a lot of pride in that – and I think what we have to do is disconnect the fact that we have a lot of very intelligent people in this area, very educated people. Just because you're a doctor and you're very good at what you do in your specialty does not mean you understand financial markets. And a lot of people will assume that because I have a PhD or a doctorate or whatever, or I'm a a doctor, that that translates to investing. And it doesn't for most people. And occasionally somebody gets that right. But the pride comes from shutting yourself off from some objective advice or help. And that can undo you. Pride goeth before the fall. I like I like the illustration that you drew there, though. That pride's not always a bad thing. You can have, um, you know, pride can be a very good thing. Uh, you know, pride in your country, pride in your performance, pride in in what you've been able to accomplish or your knowledge base. But if you allow it to swell too much or transfer over to things that you shouldn't have as much pride in or about, that's where it can get you in trouble. So that, that's good. Right. I, I like your distinction there. When we make mistakes, you know, we talked about those rookie mistakes on that recent podcast. A lot of people are kind of then ridden with with guilt. Have you ever seen guilt kind of dominate somebody, much like fear might paralyze them a little bit? They've, they've kind of messed things up or they've made some bad financial decisions and now guilt is sort of holding them back? I think sometimes guilt can be paralyzing. One of the, and that's why I have, I, I like to spend a lot of time in conversation with clients because you can address some of these, uh, what I'd call money demons. Everybody makes mistakes. The The key to being a winner, if you will, and what, regardless of, of what um, field or industry you're in, is can you pick yourself up and, get, and move along and let go of that guilt? It happened. It was based on you know the information I had at the time. Now I have new information and I need to move forward. So for many people, that's what we work on. Because everybody has a little bit of guilt of something stupid they did, 
whether it's money or, or otherwise. But let's just address it, learn from it, and move on uh, and not be paralyzed by it because that just creates more harm. Yeah, you can you can use guilt to just, just be savvier, uh, more aware in the future. Yes. Uh, learn from yeah. those mistakes, like you said. Uh, all right, we'll finish with two emotions here. Uh, sadness. Can you think of any times where maybe somebody, speaking of kind of feeling paralyzed, trying to pick up the pieces, maybe after a divorce or a spouse's death, where sadness kind of ruled the day? That's an emotion that all of us, you know, know and, and can understand. Yes, and I think sadness especially can be paralyzing when you have a sudden death or a divorce you weren't expecting, regardless, because it rips the fabric of your life. And it's overwhelming. And only when you've been through something like that can you understand the emotions that happen. And it may take you a year to recover. And so when these things happen, you shouldn't make any sudden moves, mm. financially especially. Give yourself a year to recover emotionally from the event. Get the right kind of assistance and objective advice because you don't want to make any rash decisions, you know, after these things happen, because you need to protect your future. Well, you've been giving so, us some good stories on today's podcast, Janine. So let's finish with a positive one here with joy. Tell us about a time somebody came in and uh, became a client. They were overjoyed by maybe the independence in their financial plan, in their retirement that you were able to, to help them find, or maybe some other element that brought them a lot of joy in a financial plan. I have a, a particular client who a, a few years ago we met at a it was a fundraiser. And, you know, just through conversation, he'd been talking to about four different advisors and he came in, he ended up becoming a client, he and his, his wife. And he has told me on a couple of occasions, now that I understand how this works and we have the plan we have, I don't worry. Hmm. I sleep really well at night. And that is, I think, an amazing thing to hear as an advisor, that I, I feel very strongly that what we do with regard to investing is the right thing. We follow the research and we, we you know, work with the client to co-create the plan. And it's great to hear that somebody can let go of all that worry and be completely at peace with the decision. Always great to hear those kinds of things, I'm sure, at the end of the day. And uh, it's nice that those kinds of conversations are prevalent, that a lot of people can experience that joy with their financial planning. And you might have listened to the podcast today and thought, well, why are we talking so much about emotions? I thought this was about retirement or about finances. Um, you know, where's all the talk about the dollars and, and, and the investments and these kinds of things? Well, the reason is because, yeah, we have plenty of time to, to get into the nuances of the right investments, how to balance your portfolio, how to um, you know make your money last as long as you do, and get into income planning and those kinds of things. That's all going to come. But Janine, when people come in and meet with you for the first time, I mean, these are the kinds of things that we're discovering, the things that have happened in your life, the emotions that you're left with that have led you to where you currently are in your financial situation. These things then tell you the better way to to plan because you know more about that person. Then you can get into the dollars and customizing a plan for somebody. But th this is really the starting point. How do you feel? How do you how do you engage when we talk about money or different issues in your life? It, it's so important because too much of the industry is cookie cutter and treating people like 
you know, the we're all round pegs that should be fitting into round holes. And that doesn't help people actually understand and act accordingly or act prudently in their own interests. And so too much of the industry focuses on just product sales and that's not what this is. You know, financial planning really is trying to figure out what is the best course of action to take and to revisit. So uh, that's what I love about talking with folks is getting to know them and their stories because then we can more appropriately plan. Well, you may know Janine well, or you may be uh, just tuning into the podcast for the first time in either situation. You can call Janine and set up a time to meet to discuss your particular financial situation, maybe some of the emotions that you're experiencing when it comes to financial and retirement planning and how you might want to address your future financial plan. You can do that by calling 443-718-6310. That's 443-718-6310. You'll chat with Gracie most likely when you call in, and yeah, you'll be able to set up that time to meet to come in and meet with Janine, serving you here in Columbia, Howard County, surrounding communities here in the area. Janine's the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors. That's also the website, theuswealthadvisors.com. That's theuswealthadvisors.com. You can listen to past podcasts on there and find out more info about Janine and her team. Again, this is your financial mission. Uh, We appreciate you joining us for today's podcast. We'll have another great topic coming up next week, so be sure to join us for that. For Janine, I'm Walter. Thanks for listening to Your Financial Mission.